0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another video from A Man Talks NRL Supercoach. We are in the Super Trade Round, Round 16, and massive, massive news that we need to get through. Nathan Cleary, one of the, probably the best Supercoach player uh, for the season so far. You know, has gone down with injury, we've got Tevita Pengai Jr. suspended, you know, we've got five trades, to use there's so much stuff that we need to be thinking about, so there's a lot to tune into, so as always, if you do appreciate the video, always really, really um, appreciate a thumbs up on the video, and do please consider subscribing to the channel as well already, if you haven't done so, as I'll put more videos out throughout the 2021 Supercoach season. We're in the latter half of the season, so things are really starting to get exciting as we fine-tune our teams. So let's get straight into it. So we'll start off with a quick kind of you know general strategy around how many trades should we, should we be using this week. I did put a video out um, earlier this on the weekend, just giving my general thoughts on my team. Uh, a lot of that information though has been outed, outdated given all the news that we've heard. Um, but in my opinion, I think it really depends on how many trades you've, you know, used at, um, up until this point. It's really is kind of obvious. But I think you know, if you've maxed traded up until this point, um, hopefully your team's in a bit of, bit, of a better state than say some other teams. So I don't really know if you need to use all five trades. Um, I really, it's up, it's really up to each team. For example, I've uh, got thirteen trades left, so I've saved a, a few uh, so far this season. So um, I'm still planning to maybe try to do three to four this round. Just keep at least one or two if, if I can. Um, just to save in this round. Just given that, you know, with all the carnage and the suspensions, etc. towards the back end of the season, I think trades are so precious. And as we'll get on to Nathan Cleary as well, I think a lot of people might have a lot of money available to do the big upgrades that they wanted to do. So cash might not be as much of an issue anymore. So I think you don't have to use as many trades to get towards your final team now. So I think it is a bit easier to potentially only use, say, the three to four trades. That's my general guideline. But obviously I know a lot of people, including myself, have toyed with using the five trades. I haven't fully decided yet myself as well, but that's just some general advice. We'll do a bit of a quick Teamless Tuesday wrap-up until this point. I think all the big news has really been covered, but we'll just quickly go through the highlights. The main ones uh, out of the Rooster Storm, which is coming up tomorrow night on Thursday, is that a lot of the Origin guys will be backing up. So Tedesco, Angus Crichton have been named and apparently um, went through the captain's run today. All good, so they should be fine to play, but obviously playing on the Thursday, we will be able to get access to that. Um, final team list before we have to lock in any of our changes. Uh, On the Storm side, Cam Munster and Christian Bolch are both named to back up as well. Sam Walker is an inclusion for the Roosters as well, which is a big in for them. Um, Nico Hines is also still named at fullback. A big exclusion is that Ryan Pappenhausen potentially was supposed to be coming back in round 16. Now it's looking like round 18, so the round after the bye week is when he's tipped to come back, Um, although there have been some other reports about round 20, but definitely Nico Hines is locked in for this week out of the Warriors and Dragons um some news here is that uh Chad Townsend has made that switch over for the rest of the season for the Warriors um so has Tony Zelezniak um Josh Maguire, and Tua from Iono uh new uh come new players to come back into the Dragon side after their lengthy lengthy suspensions in terms of key outs it's mainly out of the Warriors you know you've got Josh Curran unfortunately which is really really frustrating for my own team he was um yeah, he was a close contact on a flight, so he's had to self isolate for two weeks. Um, him and you and Aiken, actually, sorry, I haven't got his name there. Uh, they've both had to, um, you know, self isolate. Apparently, they've both tested negative, but they still have to quarantine for fourteen days. And on the fourteenth day, when they actually get out, is the game day for the Warriors. Um, and um, it's been reported that it's highly, highly unlikely that they're going to play. So, in my opinion, I don't see Karen actually playing in round seventeen, which is really frustrating. Um, as someone who held him for that. Uh, and Reese Walsh has also not been named by the Warriors as he's nursing that bit of a some hamstring tightness the, that ruled him out of the state of origin game uh, too. Um, and hopefully also an owner of him. Yeah, that trade has not worked out. You know, brought him in hoping for some big points against the Knights, cover round 17, and now I don't know if he's going to do either. But we'll live with the decision. Panthers and Eels on the Friday, I must say, there are actually some quite good games coming on this, um, uh, during this round. Uh, most of the Origin guys are backing up for the Panthers. We've got Luai, To'o, Kepo, Yo, um, not Origin, but Kikau has been named as well. Bretton Naden is actually making his, I think it's his first game of the season, actually. Mike Esiva also returns for the Eels. Uh, the big out for them is obviously Nathan Cleary, and that's the biggest talking point of the round by far, and we will get onto him just in a little bit. Dylan Edwards is also out, so Charlie Staines is actually been named at fullback. So if anyone's still holding on to Charlie Staines, uh, I wouldn't look, probably be looking to trade him out because you might want to see how he goes at fullback. Um, and there was one game I can't remember, can't remember which one it was, but he's played like 10-15 minutes at fullback and he looked quite good. So he could actually still be a decent hold. I think if you're still hanging, if he's still hanging around your teams. Bulldogs in Manly on uh, Saturday. Uh, the main news here is that Tom Tavoy, which has been named to play. Obviously, there's no confirmation yet up until the final team list whether he's actually going to be playing, but it's a six day turnaround, so I, I've got a feeling that he will play. Um, and, you know, uh, for more reports, that little um, ankle or whatever issue it was that he got in origin to um, wasn't too major. The big out for them is uh, Josh Schuster still hasn't been named, which is really, really concerning as someone who's held on to him, hoping for round 17 coverage. Um, There was no reports actually of whether he's actually going to be um, available next week as well. The early reports that I saw were round 16, so I thought he was going to be back this week, but he wasn't even named on the extended bench, so I'm a little bit concerned. I I don't think I'm going to trade him out this week. I think I can hold on to that for one more week. If he's not named next round, though, I probably will punt him on at that point in time. On the Bulldog side, look, there's been a lot of controversy around, you know, a lot of their players being close contacts of COVID as well in Bondi. Uh, there's too many, honestly, too many changes of the Bulldogs to report on. There's just half the team has basically been changed. Uh, the Raiders and the Titans, again, some changes, well, not, some big inclusions here is that Dave Fafida, Tino, Moto Fortawaka, AJ Brimson has also been named for them. So they're all backing up from Origin. Um, obviously, Brimson didn't play in Origin, but he's back into the team. And Jared Croker, uh, the Matt Tomoko cheapy killer, basically has come back into the Raiders uh, lineup at centre, and Sebastian Chris has moved to the other side uh, taking Tomoko's place. Um, so yeah, big, big out in terms of you know, a round 17 cheapy that a lot of us were painting our hopes on. And, and same with Greg Mazu, Not necessarily a round 17 player, but some cheapy that a lot of not some cheapy, a cheapy, that a lot of people got on, um, he made quite a bit of money. He actually had de- decent points, I think, in that game against Manly, um, but he's out with an elbow injury, and Corey Thompson is actually back into the wing. Uh, I should have written his name here as well. That's a big in for the Titans. Uh, the Knights and the Cowboys, the big news here is that um, Kalen Ponga has been named back for them. Um, some reports that apparently he's been training the house down, so we'll see how that goes, but yeah, big, big in for the Knights, um, and Val Holmes has been named to back up for the Cowboys. Out of the Broncos and the Sharks, the big ins here is that Tony Staggs has been named at centre. Definitely an interesting proposition to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be jumping on him straight away. Um, but Katoni Staggs, I had him through periods last season and we saw what he can do, you know he's got some amazing individual brilliance and he's been named at centre, which is good because there was some talk that he would potentially be playing at the five-eight position for the Broncos um, obviously that might change, they seem to change their halves combination every fortnight so we'll see if Katoni Staggs ends up in five-eight. but yeah, big in for the Broncos and Jermaine Sarko also finds himself on the wing um, in terms of the out, it's Tevita Pangai Jr you know, he's been suspended for I think 3 weeks um, so yeah, a big out for them uh, out of the Tigers and the Rabdos the last game on Sunday, um, Adam Dewey and Benji Marshall are both big ins for their respective teams. Uh, for, some, for a quick second there, I thought Benji Marshall was an in for the Tigers. Oh, throwback, eh? Um, and not really too many outs, I guess, to report out of that. Um, and on the Eels, uh, sorry, I've got Eels Bulldogs written there. Uh, ignore that. That's just a typo. But yeah, Mike Oceiva is back uh, for the Parramatta Eels. So the big, big topic of the week is Nathan Cleary. There's, I, I kind of wanted to you know, record on Wednesday because the reports were that he was going to see the shoulder specialist today and we get some more concrete news. So I didn't want to uh, do it on Tuesday and, and not have that information or have it be up in the air. We have got some better news that he doesn't need that um, surgery, which would have ruled him out for the rest of the season. And so instead, his, his recovery time frame is looking more like three to six weeks of rehab. And they'll just kind of rehab and manage his shoulder throughout the rest of the season, which to me makes sense. I think the Panthers are in prime position to potentially win a premiership. And I think they'll do everything they can to make sure that Cleary stays in the team. And so I think they'll just delay that surgery the back end of the season. What that does potentially mean though is that in this whole rehab recovery process is that I feel like they're really going to make sure that he's as fit and firing for the finals as they can be. Um, so they're not going to I think call upon him if they need to. So I've put a bit of a time frame here as to kind of the next few weeks and what they look like for the Panthers. I mean this week was against the Eels. Um he was going to miss round 17 anyway because he would have been involved in State of Origin. And round eighteen was like I think two days after the State of Origin game three. So likely Cleary probably wasn't going to play that game anyway so that's the three weeks that we'd probably expect him to miss now it gets really interesting though when it gets to the fourth week which would be against the Broncos or kind of like that three and a half to four week range that would be based on the current report the first or earliest time that he would be expected to come back I mean the Broncos is obviously if you had Nathan Cleary against the Broncos that's prime captain material you know he could go massive but will he come back for that game I'm not quite sure Uh, You know, it's a pretty easy game for the Panthers. I'd expect them to win, even with Burton and Luai as the halves. And so I don't know whether they would rush him back. I feel like the Melbourne Storm game, though, uh, you know, a big, big clash against probably likely... Uh, you know, they're most likely their grand final opponent um, for 2021 as well. Um, I feel like that's when they might want to potentially get him back. So rest him for the next month, given that that's towards the earliest stage of his recovery, um, and then potentially get him ready for that Melbourne Storm game. If not, then they've got the Roosters, which again is a, um, you know, big, big game and well, not quite as big as a Melbourne Storm, but still pretty decent. And that would be pushing it now towards the um, five to six week period where he's more likely to come back now just looking at that price you know 1.06 million he's almost 1.1 million which is ridiculous super high break even although I think in this instance we can kind of ignore the break even the way that I see it with Cleary is that in my opinion I think he's a sell I think with that first potential game of him coming back right well, like in my own head is the Melbourne Storm and that's in round 20 there's four rounds in between that's and that's one month of holding on to a guy who's uh, 1.1 million dollars I mean if you cash him out there's so much that you can do with that money you know as I mentioned at the top of the video like you know you can trade him out and you can get you can downgrade to like the next best halfback which is like a Jerome Hughes Um, and I think that creates like 450k it's it's like it's crazy how much and with that 450k you can upgrade one of your you know Spencer Linus, Stefano or Ticumanus to like a a premium gun position um, in that position. There's so much that you can do with that money, um, and I really think it also depends what kind of format of the game that you play. So I'm mainly focused on overall, um, and four weeks of not having Cleary, I think that's too much of a time um, uh, for me to, you know, that's a lot of points that you've been missing out on when you can, you know, use this cash, bring in some other gun players who can sco- still score some points in that time. Um, if you're a head-to-head player when, you know, your overall, obviously you're not as focused on that towards the back end of the season um, having Nathan Cleary as a bit of a point of difference to a lot of your opponents could be huge um, and so there's probably more reason for you to hold on if you're more focused on head to head but if you're overall in my opinion I think he's a sell um, and that's kind of the reasoning I think is that is, I just don't know whether they would want to risk him against the Broncos even then when he does come back you know they might manage him throughout the season will he be back to his best there's a lot of question marks and I think we've seen so far this season that when the whenever these kind of things have propped up so say with like a um. Uh, you know, like with James Tedesco initially throughout, in the beginning of the season, when we saw all of his star players like Luke Curie, etc., you know, fall away around him. That really limited his upside. And and since then, Tedesco hasn't really quite hit those heights. You know, the first couple of weeks, he was scoring 160, 110, 15. And since then, I think he's only really gone uh, over 100, I think, once in that time. We saw with Ryan Pappenhausen when he got that, um, his first injury, a lot of people kept holding him because it was like, oh, it's going to be this week, it's going to be this week. Um, and it just went on and on and on and on. And those people have just held all his money. And, you know, if they didn't switch to like a, a Turbo or a Gutho, they really lost out on the points. And I think with the way that there's so many big swings and points with rounds, I think you really probably need to, um, you know, if you're an overall, I think capitalize on that cash. You know, he's at basically peak price. We've never seen a price like this before in Supercoach. Um, so, you know, you can create so much extra value around the rest of your team by trading him out. So I think there's a big there's more pros to trading him out, in my opinion, than cons. And so after that spiel, <laughs> who do we trade him out to? There's a wealth of um, halfback options that we could go to. I've put a few guys down below there, like uh, Jerome Hughes, Sam Walker, Cody Nicarima, Sean Johnson, Ben Hunt, Matt Burton, and Daly Terry Evans. Um, I think those seven are probably really the pick of the bunch in terms of a halfback replacement. Um, and in that, I think there's only a few guys that people are going to be more realistically, I think, looking at. So we'll just take a look at that now. So what I've got here, this is from NRL Supercoach Stats, it's just a bit of a run through on the scores um, and the opponents that uh, the key kind of halfback replacements have had so far during the season and also their upcoming draw. Now I've narrowed it down to five, Jerome Hughes, Sam Walker, Cody Nicarima, Sean Johnson and Ben Hunt. I will just quickly mention with Ben Hunt, I think he's probably better actually in the hooker position given how much lack of depth there is in that hooker position. I think Ben Hunt, if you did want to bring him in, I would find a way to try bring him in at hooker instead of halfback because I think there are probably going to be better options at halfback. And so I think the main four, sorry, would be Hughes, Walker, Nickarima, and Johnson. So we'll start off with uh, Jerome Hughes. Um, definitely the next best halfback in terms of average. Um, I think his average is around 749 um, and as you can see there throughout the season, he's got that potential um, to go really, really big in terms of his scores. Um, that's three, uh, four scores, sorry. He's actually scored over 100. Um, and one of them was against the Rabbitohs and one was against um, uh, the Roosters. So he's able to get it done in the tougher games as well. Um, and the Storm are absolutely flying. And you can see there, um, the past month, four or five weeks have been really, really good for him. You know, scoring, his lowest score was a 63, which is at halfback, pretty amazing. The disadvantage to Hughes is that he doesn't play round 17, that's the obvious one, um, and even the draw for the Storm after round 17 is a bit of a mixed bag, because they've got Penrith in round 20, potentially Cleary might be back, so you'd expect they'd almost be back to full strength, um, but actually actually looking at that again, sorry, it's actually not that bad, because the next tough game after that is the Eels, and to be honest, the way the Storm are going, um, they could crush anyone, 40 points to zip probably so actually i'd probably um take the draw factor out of that a little bit with hughes Um, and at 649k as i mentioned you can create like 450k training clearly to hughes he's got a break even of 45 so very very achievable this round so i think it's a good good week to jump on him you know he's probably going to be at the lower end of his price you'd expect Um, And I think he is the most popular replacement for Cleary, um, which to me, it makes perfect sense. You know, he probably is the next best option. I just don't like that he doesn't cover round 17. So I think if you're an overall player who didn't do so well in the round 13 buy, I think you'd probably be trying to prioritize potentially um, a round 17 player. So the next three guys are round 17 players. We've got Sam Walker, who I think is also averaging around 72, 73. Um, He's gone off the boil a little bit in the past few weeks. Obviously, he's been battling um, some shoulder injuries. Um, But the start of the season, obviously, he was killing it. You know, he had 81, 89, a low score of 21 against the Storm, which is a tough opponent. Um, But then he went massive, you know, in those 125 games and 163-point games against the Dragons and the Knights. So we definitely know he's got that big upside. I am just a little bit concerned. Obviously, this week, coming up against the Storm, I don't really expect him to do too well. Round 17, though, is a fantastic game against the Bulldogs, so I think there's obviously a, um, a lot of points on offer here. I am just a little bit concerned. I think the Roosters overall... Um, yes, they're getting a few players back, but I don't think they're quite the same, you know, team that we've seen over the past couple of seasons. Um, and just looking at that draw, it's a bit of a mixed bag. They're either versus really easy guys or they're versus uh, really tough guys. Because you've got, uh, you've obviously got the Storm this week, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Knights. The three weeks after that is really, really strong. Then you've got Para and Penrith back to back, which is a pretty tough fortnight. Then it goes Broncos, Dragons, Rabbitohs, and Raiders. So a bit of a mixed bag again. So I just don't know how well he might go, given that in the past like four, uh, four weeks that he's played, he hasn't really done super well. His high score is 69. Um, and also, I'm just a little bit concerned about his shoulder. You know, they've obviously shown that they would they will rest him whenever they get the opportunity to do so um so that does give me a little bit of concern so i don't actually think i'd be going to sam walker and he's also got a pretty high break even of 106. Um, obviously i think if you're trading out clearer you'd want to do it this week um, which is a bit of a disadvantage to getting on sam walker but he could be a lot more cheaper next week so potentially if you're able to delay the trade to next week um, you could maybe do it next week and gain even a little bit more money out of sam walker I think the two guys that most people, I think, for round 17 coverage will be looking at is Cody Nakamura and Sean Johnson. Um, I did a bit of a section last week discussing uh, these two, so I will, um, I'll link that video as well in the description below if you're interested in hearing my thoughts. My general thoughts were is that I think Sean Johnson is going to be a bit more of that kind of consistent you know, 60 to 70 um, averaging guy who doesn't really have that much of a ceiling. Um, He hasn't cracked the ton uh, so far this season. Obviously, he's only just played a handful of games coming back from his injury. But even last season, his highest, he only had one score over 100, um, but he had most of his scores in the 60s and 70s. So he's a very, very solid, consistent option. He goal kicks as well, which is really, really handy. Um, And the Sharks draw, in my opinion, is better than the Warriors draw. You know, the toughest game that they've got um, basically for the rest of the season is the Storm, and that's in round 25. The Storm typically sometimes do rest a lot of their big gun plays, so that game might not even be that tough. And he's versing the Broncos this week, which, as we know, um, is the team that basically concedes the most points. So I think Sean Johnson is a great trade in. And doing Nathan Cleary to Sean Johnson is like 550K profit, which is just ridiculous to think about. So I really, really like Sean Johnson as a trade in. Um, compared to say Cody Nakarima, he's obviously got a little bit more you know time the uh, on the field so far this season um, and he was a bit inconsistent towards the beginning with you know scores in the 70s 30s then he cracked a century back to 30s and another century um, but then he was very very he very very consistent in the past like kind of four to six weeks you know um, 95 66 69 61 73 50 so no real like kind of horrible low scores um, the draw for them is a little bit a uh, little bit tougher than the Sharks, but not by much, to be honest. I mean, it's only because they've really got that game against the Panthers in round 18, but round 18 is the game just after State of Origin. They might back up, uh, sorry, they might rest a lot of their players in, in Penrith, um, and that game might not actually be as tough for the Warriors. Um, and then you've got the Souths uh, just after that, sorry, the Souths, you've got the rabbits just after that. So I think the draw for the Sharks I prefer just a little bit. Um, compared to, say, a Nicarima. Um, but Nicarima, I do prefer that he has got that high upside. So I really think it is it is a tough decision because these two are also both very similarly priced around the mid 500k mark. Personally, I think I would lean towards Sean Johnson just because he's a bit more of that consistent option. I do really, really like that draw for the Sharks. Um, and I, I don't own like a Jesse Raymond, etc. So I feel like I do need to get someone from the Sharks. So I think Sean Johnson is the guy. Whereas from the Warriors, like, I mean, I've got Reese Walsh at the moment, um, but, you know, so that means it would, should I get more and more Warriors players? I'm not sure. Or should I kind of diversify a little bit and go into the Cronulla Sharks? Uh, so I think Nick Arima, if you really, really like your high upside, um, I think you could go for him. I would also note that, you know, with Chad Townsend coming back, how does that affect his role in the team? Um, I would expect Nick Arima to still goal kick, given that I think Townsend has shown to have some uh, deficiencies in the goal kicking so far this season, and Nick Arima has been doing them uh, pretty well. So I think Nick Arima would still also hold the goal-kicking. But yeah, as I mentioned, Nick Arima, I think you'll get him if you want the really, really high upside. Sean Johnson, if you want a bit more consistency in the 60s and 70s. Um, and overall, I think I'd prefer Sean Johnson. So the next kind of topic of discussion is Tavita Pangai Jr., and whether he's a sell or a hold. Um, I look, I think before the Nathan Cleary news, he was Probably more of a sell, um, because you wanted to kind of capitalize on that money, he's about 530k out for three weeks, that's quite a bit of time. But with the Nathan Cleary news in that, you know, if you do decide to sell Cleary, you're unlocking so much money that you're you're able to upgrade kind of those cheaper, you know, front row forwards or second row forwards um, to more of your gun players. So for me, I think, you know, he's the second best averaging front row forward. Um, he's shown really, really high upside so far this season. Um, even when the Broncos themselves haven't been doing so well, he still averages around the mid 60s, which I think is, has been rare to see so far in the front row forward. He's got dual flexibility, which I really, really like as well. So for me, if you've got decent coverage or able to kind of manipulate your team um, to you know, get in another front row forward and not have to sell him, I would be leaning that way. I've kind of tinkered with my trades a little bit and I am leaning towards holding him, uh, just given that I don't really wanna be trading him out. Um, knowing that I might potentially want him back later in the season. Um, and I think there's such little upside with these guys, but you have someone like a Tefita Panga who can give high upside. You know, if he becomes a bit of a point of difference towards the back end of the season, that could be really useful, you know, both for overall and head-to-head purposes. So for that reason, I think if you can hold him, I think that's a great hold because I think it's really advantageous. But I do understand the motivation to sell, especially if you're going like a Tefita Panga Jr. Um, to like a Dave Fafita, for, for example. I think that kind of a trade is, makes sense, in my opinion. Um, or even if you're going to like downgrade to like an Adam or Blake to create some money. Um, but I feel like now with Nathan Cleary news, you're probably not having to create money as much as say, uh, the news before yesterday. So what I've got here is a few different options I think that might be useful to consider if you do decide to trade Tvide and Pangai Jr. I've tried to focus on the round 17 playing guys given that given that front row forward doesn't have that much upside. I think you're probably be looking to kind of lock down someone for round 17 because guys who don't play round 17, there's probably not that many who are so much better aside from like an Isaiah Papali'i. But I think that's a bit of a given at this point in time. If you don't have him already, he's obviously one of the he is the best front row forward to go for. Doesn't cover round 17, but you know he's by far and away the best. So Luke Thompson, I've spoken about him quite a bit before in my videos as well, been a very, very solid um, front row forward to cover round 17. As you can see there, since round five, when he first um, got back in to the Bulldogs team, he's been very, very solid. His base um, plus, which is like his base and power, um, which includes like say tackles, runs, tackle breaks and offloads, very, very solid. He kind of averages around the mid 60s, which is very, very handy out of a front row forward. And he's priced I think at about 520K. So very, very similarly to Tavita Pengai Jr. In comparison, we've got uh, a Marty Tapell, who I think, out of Tapell and Thompson, I would prefer um, as that my as that kind of like a mid to fi- mid 500k front row forward. Just I really like Tapell, and I think he's got a bit more of that higher up upside. His base plus is a little bit better in my opinion than Luke Thompson. As you can see, over the past like five weeks, he's got a base plus of 71, 73, 67, 66, and 69 and 70. So, he's got a bit of an increase. He hasn't even got that much of an increase in minutes, actually. He's been going around the mid 50s, but his output has increased quite a bit. Um, and he's got a bit more of that attacking threat. And Manly's draw is fantastic. So, you know, Bulldogs this week. Um, and if you look at that run in for the rest of the season, uh, apart from uh, the Storm in round 21 um, and maybe Power in round 22, it's a pretty decent run. And for front records, that's less of a concern. But with that easier, you know, with those easier games coming up, potentially Marty power might cross over for a try, um, and he might give you those really high scores uh, closer to the hundred, um, as he did in say round ten. So I really like power as a buy at five sixty k. I think if you're going for more of your value propositions at front row forward, uh, the guys who have had a lot of discussion so far this week are Adam Fenol, Blake, and Siosua Takiaho. So, Fanula Blake, I think, is a bit of the kind of the flavor of the week in terms of the front row forward, um, and that's for a few reasons, which I can completely understand. He's priced at about 418k, so he's really, really cheap compared to a starting price, which I think is around the mid-500s, um, and he's got pedigree as a, a good super coach player in the past. Um, definitely has high upside, you know, he can easily score a try or a double, um, although that goes for any of these guys, but he definitely likes to offload and tackle break. Uh, which does help is um, his point scoring. The only kind of concern I have about Faneuil Black is that he has had a few injuries over the past uh, couple of seasons. I mean, as you can see there, between rounds four and 14, he didn't play a single game. Um, and so, you know, before that, he was putting up decent numbers, you know, a base plus of 65, 49 and 55 to begin the season. Um, 32 was just the game coming back. So you can comp- kind of understand that coming off the bench. Um, and then last week starting again, he had a base plus of 60. So I think Uh, Fennel Black for me is there is that some risk of injury um, and he's got a break even of about 66 so you don't necessarily have to get him in this week if you can avoid it but I can understand obviously with five trades you're looking to do as much of a cleanup of your team as you uh, possibly can but the price the price is the most enticing thing in my opinion I mean you compare him to say like a Luke Thompson knowing that Fennel Black probably has more tendency to go bigger um, than say a Luke Thompson who's very much a very solid kind of mid-60s but Fennel Black is also getting around 60 Um, and 65 base plus in the games that he's actually been able to get um, some decent minutes Uh, and you know at that 418k price that's like a 100k discount to Luke Thompson so I think Fnil Blake to me presents much better value so I really really like him as a trade-in target. Tarkyaho even cheaper at 399k. I mean, he was very, very popular to begin the season because he had goal-kicking benefit. I mean, he was my one of my starting front row forwards, and um, obviously he's got he's fallen off the wagon a little bit in terms of his point scoring, mainly because of that rib injury that he's picked up. He has come back and played a few more extra minutes. Obviously last week he played 70, which is a big, big um, uh, amount of minutes. He scored 46 points, but that did include a sin bin, so that, I would take that into account. You know, if you exclude that, he would have scored around 56. His base plus was 57, and that's probably more reflective of what you're going to get out of Takiaho. Um, so for me, he's kind of going to give you around that 55 to 60 max in base plus. He's not really known for the base plus. Um, it was more for the goal kicking benefit, which is why he was so popular to begin the season. He doesn't tend to offload as much or tackle break, I think, as, say, like a Tapao and a Fnual Blake. Uh, and you know for me there's still something about his minutes The roosters do have a tendency to kind of rest him um towards the back end of the season as they get towards finals um but in the more important games they do tend to play him bigger minutes as we saw Panthers last week he played 70 without the sin bin um, against the storm this week he might play some bigger minutes um and so I think they're all I think he's a decent buy but I think i would play the extra 20 k and go for it for Noel Blake um, and just potentially get some higher upside because that's something that we're really lacking in the front row forward position so for me, if you're willing to stretch your budget a little bit further, I would go for a Tepal. If you're looking for more of a value buy, I'd go for a Blake. So this next uh, next section on some cheapies, I present, I prepared this before the Nathan Cleary news. Now I think that the need for a cheapie is probably lessened, um, but I'll still present a, quite a few. I mean, Tomoko, we'll just quickly touch on him. Not an option anymore. Basically, I put a big, big red cross through him, so can't really consider him. Tane Milne from the Rabbitohs at 230k. Um, he has been named again this week. There is some job security issues around him, given that he's playing on the right wing at the moment. Um, And you've got Josh um, Mansour um, as well as Jackson Pauler, who might potentially come back and take his place. What I do like about him is that I would think that he'll play next week as well in round 17, so he can cover that buy for you. Um, he's very, very cheap, and he has dual flexibility. So he's a second row forward and center wing dual listed. So if you've got him and, like say, a Ben Trevovich, um that combo of second row forward center wings can prove really, really handy in terms of uh, you know flipping around players in your team. You know, if you've got someone like him in your second row forward, uh, you know, if you wanted to trade Nico Heinz like a day for feeder, you can use someone like a Tane Mill to switch him. Um, and so that really is a big benefit to him. Um, so I think he is probably the best cheapie that I think I'd go for this week. But as I mentioned, I think now the need for a cheapie is probably lessened. Uh, the next guy I've got is like a Joseph Suwali. I don't really consider him as a buy. He's one of those guys where I think if you've got it, it's like a don't buy, don't sell situation. I mean, yes, at 258k, he will cover round 17 for you most likely. Uh, with Tedesco going out for origin, you'd expect Minor to go into fullback and then Suwali in its center, but he's got a break even of 43. So to be honest, uh, coming up against Storm, there's a good chance he goes below that. And so he could actually be even cheaper next week. So I don't think there'd be any reason to bring him in for this round, in my opinion. Lastly, I've got Jackson to Pine who will be starting for the uh, for the Bulldogs given all the outs that they've got. He's got a low break given a five, and you know what, this is just someone that you can maybe potentially fill in for round seventeen. So I think if you're looking for a bit of enough, um, you know, a guy that you can just have um in your in your twenty five, you're not gonna play for the rest of the season. Who's a cheapie? You might want to go for a Jackson to Pine, but it doesn't really thrill me to be honest. Um, I'd probably prefer a Suwali or a Tane Milne. One person I haven't got on this table is also I can't remember his first name, but his surname is De Lewis, um, De Louis. Sorry, I probably butchered that, um, from the Manly Sea Eagles. He will be playing off the bench. Um, I don't even know if he's been listed in Supercoach at the moment. I'd expect he'd be coming in at 173k. Um, he potentially might play next week as well, so he could be another warm body to have in round 17, um, and then he becomes enough for the rest of the season, and his bottom price at 173k, so that could be another option that you go down as well. So, finally, I'll just quickly touch again on that point I brought up last week about bringing in origin guns before round 17. Um, Just wanted to reiterate that, given the Nathan Cleary news. I think a lot of it still holds true. Like, for example, Tommy Turbo, um, I think for me, he's still a great pre-round 17 buy purely just based on the game this week against the Bulldogs. You could go for someone else who will likely play round 16, 17, and maybe 18, whereas Tommy is more likely to play this week and then miss round 17 and then miss around 18 because that's about two days um after the set of origin game but just turbo and the fact that his ownership is so high coming up against the bulldogs even if he does get a rest after like you know an hour by then he might have put on 150 points take into account captaincy that's 300 points will you find someone in those three weeks who can score the same 300 points it's tough to, it's tough to um find and his price again 969k i think he is if he scores 150, his break even is 114. He's gonna go up even more. And yes, we have a lot of money if you do sell Cleary, but that doesn't mean necessarily just you can just spend the money just in case you might want to bring Cleary back, you know. I think that's probably something I should have mentioned with Nathan Cleary when I was talking about him. Is that if you if it depends on your trade situation, um, if you if you've used basically all your trades, it would be very tough, I think, to bring him back. Um, if you've saved a few, you might want to keep some money in the kitty, maybe like 250, 300K. Um, just in case Cleary comes back early and you really want to jump on, you don't have to do too many trades to be able to bring him back. So for example, so for that reason, I think it's still um, you know, wise to be, you know, be manageable with your money. Don't just splash it out on anyone, still look for the value where you can. Uh, Dave Fafita, again, I'm leaning towards also potentially bringing him in this week as well, although I'm still very much on the fence about this. He will play this week against the Raiders and hopefully, and you know, he might do really well. He's got a break even of 132, so he could likely lose um, more in value. Um, And in round 18, I think that game is two days after the um, State of Origin game three, so it's highly likely that he misses that game or if you know, maybe potentially comes off the bench, plays like half an hour. Um, And so he might not provide that many points, obviously, in round 18, and his price might be even, even cheaper in round 19. So you could wait till round 19 to get him. I don't think it's a horrible decision, though, to bring him in this week, purely just a game against the Raiders, you know, a bit more of a point of difference move, um, and it's a good way to use one of your five trades. so I'm, I still advocate potentially bringing in Fofito. Harry Grant, look, he's he's still injured, and it's a bit of a concern because he had so many injuries so far this season. Um, I think he's definitely looking as one of those guys. I think you would pick up in round 18 or 19. I definitely want to see him back to full fitness, or what I consider close to full fitness, before jumping on him. Uh, Tedesco, a bit of an interesting proposition whether or not he's actually a season keeper towards the back end of the season. Um, I think Tommy Turbo is a lock as one of your fullback spots, um, and I think the other one is really dependent on um, you know the, how Caitlin Ponga returns back from his injury because the Knights draw towards the back end of the season is really, really solid. Obviously, you've got Ryan Pappenhausen coming back potentially in round 18, um, goal kicking as well. We saw what he did towards the beginning of the season, so I think Turbo Pappenhausen or Turbo Ponga is probably going to be the way that a lot of people would go. As I saw before with the Roosters draw, it's a bit up and down. Tedesco doesn't seem to be quite the same in terms of a super coach player this season as he was in last season. Um, so it's a bit of an interesting one whether you not you um, hold on to him. Look, I think if you've got him in your team at the moment, I wouldn't be selling him anytime soon, unless it's for like a, a James, um, sorry, unless it's for like a Tom Tavoyovich. Um But yeah, Teddy, a bit of an interesting proposition and more of a discussion I think in the next few weeks um, around the fullbacks. Um, and finally, Val Holmes, I think. Very much one of the best center wing options to go for, uh, but round 18 and 19 are against the Roosters and the Storm, and he'll be backing up from Origin, so I think for me he's around 20 by. So next up, well, let's just go through the vice captain and the captaincy candidates. It's a bit harder when we don't have Nathan Cleary to just put the captaincy on um for the first game of the round you know dragons and the warriors um bit of a tougher game to kind of call you know potentially you can go for like a ben hunt or a tohu harris as i've got here i mean ben hunt has shown big big upside he scored 132 last week um warriors fifth worst at defending halfback, so you know ben hunt could be in for a big game similar to tohu i mean i wouldn't really consider this high upside but he scored 91 and i think he had like uh, 75 points in base statistic, uh statistics uh, which is ridiculous but they're potentially, you know, he's more of a safe vice-captain option, but I don't really know how many people would be going there. It's a bit um, t- uh, tougher pickings out of that first game. Um, we've got the Panthers and the Eels playing on Friday. Um, again, I don't really know how much how many captaincy options uh, in that game, given that both teams are pretty strong. We don't have Nathan Cleary, obviously, so maybe you can put a vice captaincy on like a Brian Toto um, or maybe even on, like a Matt Burton potentially, but I think that is a big risk. Um, and I haven't got anyone here from the um, Melbourne Storm or the um, uh, Bruce's game, just given that it's a it, typically the games between these two are a bit more tight um, and we don't really see too many points scored, although obviously with new rules, that's probably going to be a bit of a uh, change. You maybe could go for someone there, but I don't think there's a standout out of that matchup. I think the first game, really, where you're going to see um, strong captaincy and vice captaincy options is um, Manly versus the Bulldogs. Don't need to say any more about this guy, Tom Trvojevic. Um 208 points last week. Absolutely killed me um, watching that as a non-owner. Bulldogs have actually, surprisingly, not the worst team at defending fullbacks. Um, that's the Broncos. They're the fifth worst at defending fullbacks. Um, but they're coming up against the best fullback for Supercoach. So, yeah, I think Tom... Tommy is an easy captaincy or vice-captaincy, which depends on which way you want to play it and also how um, easy a team is set up to do a vice-captain loophole. Yeah, I just expect him to be the high, most highly captained player at this round. Now, a bit of a punt here. I don't know, Ruben Garrick. Maybe this is chasing last week's points, but he scored 156. Thankfully, I have him in my team. Um, the Bulldogs are actually the second worst at defending center wing. So in terms of the numbers, um, Garrick's got maybe better potential to get points. Um, We saw, you know, he scored four tries last week. If he gets his goal-kicking radar, he'd actually be more likely to be scoring around the 170. Um, So yeah, Ruben Garrick could be a bit of a flyer if you bring him in. I also think he's a great trade and target for this week as well, um, given that he's highly priced. But I think if you're unlocking Nathan Cleary money, um, he becomes a lot more affordable in that sense. Um, Yeah, bit of a fun one here, but I think if you've got Tommy Turbo, you're probably going to be leaning towards him. In terms of captaincy options for later in the week, we've got Dave Fafita coming up against the Raiders. One reason why I'm potentially looking at bringing him in early this week is that the Raiders are the second worst at defending um, edge back rollers. He only scored 47 last week, but that was, um last round, should I say. Um, but that was coming up um, against the Rusas, and he was backing up from State of Origin and he was coming off the bench. So I think there were some factors in play as to why he scored 47. I think, you know, a full week of prep, um, you know, under his belt, hopefully, you should see Fafita back to his best and, you know, breaking tackles for fun, um, maybe crossing over for a try or two. Um, And so I think he could be a bit of a sneaky captaincy option if you put a vice captaincy on Tommy Turbo. Later on, we've got Sean Johnson against the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos have been the seventh worst at defending halfbacks, so they're kind of middle of the road. For me, Sean Johnson, I think it's more based on the matchup. I think he himself, I don't see him going super, super high. I mean, maybe you can see like an 80-90 score from him but I don't quite see him having the same upside as like a Tom Turbo um, or even a Fafita, I think. So this is more of a safe captain option, but I'm not sure if I'd lean there myself. I think one way that a lot of players are going to be leaning is Cody Walker um, on Sunday against the Tigers. Tigers are the worst team at defending five eights, So that's one thing in itself. Cody Walker coming off 110, so his first time of the season, potentially he might go back-to-back. You know, he's got well, his full contingent back in terms of Luttrell, um, Adam Reynolds, Dangar, guy, Alex Johnson, etc. And we saw how deadly their left edge was against the Broncos last round um, and against the Tigers, who just leaked 66 points. I expect better effort out of the Tigers this week, but Cody Walker could be a very good captaincy option as well on Sunday. So I think a lot of people are going to be playing it. You know, maybe Tom Tvojevic, um, vice captain on Saturday, Captain Walker on Sunday, but I realistically think most people are going to be going captaincy, Tommy Turbo, and maybe just vice captain, like say, maybe like a Nico Hines against the Roosters so we'll just go through the break-evens um we won't go through too many in detail i think now it seems that with nathan cleary money we've got all the money in the world so break-evens don't matter so much to be honest, out of the broncos i don't know who you'd be looking to buy in. i've seen a few people potentially looking at like a katoni Stags. um he doesn't even come up on the list here because he hasn't played a game yet so far this season Um, I wouldn't be leaning there myself. Actually, I'll probably give a bit of a shout out to uh, Payne Haas as well, who's so cheap now. Um, You know, 470k, with a break even of 63, that might be the cheapest you will ever see Payne Haas for the rest of Supercoach. But to be honest, I think his scores haven't been amazing so far. He's playing set of Origin as well, so that might be impacting his performance to an extent. doesn't cover round 17, so to be honest, I think Haas, if you've got him, you don't sell him, but I wouldn't be going out and buying him. Matt Lodge, similar. I mean, he's been doing very, very well recently at 484k with the lowish break-even at 41. He's been doing super well, but again, one of those guys I wouldn't actively be looking to bring in when I think you've got cheaper options like Vanua Blake who will cover round 17. Out of the Bulldogs, as I mentioned, Jackson Topine with a five break-even is probably your best investment outside of a Luke Thompson, but yeah, not too much to speak of here. Raiders, we've got uh, Tomoko with a minus 43 break-even, but red line through him. We're not going to be able to get him. I mean, Bailey Simonson, he'll cover round 17 at 385k, negative 11 break even. Uh, I just don't think I could go there myself, to be honest. Um, You know, it's like I've sold him. I don't want to really bring him back so far. Um, But yeah, Corey Harionaira is probably someone as well. You know, he's been discussed quite a bit in the past few weeks. I don't have him in the team, and he's definitely still a target of mine at 524k. I mean, he's kind of lost... That value, um, you know, magic that he had about him when he was like 350, 400k. But I think he's still been averaging keeper, you know, keeper numbers around 64. Um, And with a break even of 61, probably not going to go up too much in price, but still, I think a really, really great purchase for round 17 coverage. Um, Out of the Dragons, to be honest, I don't think there's too many players I'm going to be interested in that don't cover round 17. I mean, Ben Hunt is probably your best option with that high upside, maybe at hooker. But yeah, to be honest, not really too much interested for me at the dragons next up out of the Sea eagles we- so kieran foreign is actually the best um break even uh player at the Sea eagles with a minus 36 break even he's been listed at 5 8 and hooker um so potentially if you're looking to maybe i don't know if you're downgrading like a Connor watson to a kieran foreign i just don't know whether i'd be doing it myself i mean he has had two good scores in the past fortnight yeah i just don't know if i'd be going there myself to be honest it just doesn't sit right with me Daily Terry Evans, probably have someone I didn't mention enough in the halfback section. I think he could be a really, really good point of difference halfback for the back end of the season. As we saw, Manly's draw is very, very good. Um, and he's had some really, really big games in the past couple of weeks. He had like 148 um, recently. Um, and so with Tommy Turbo and the team, you know, there's plenty of opportunities for the CEOs to get a lot of tries. And you know, Terry Evans, obviously, is a big part of that as well. So I really like him, actually. as a point of difference. But he won't cover round 17 because of state of Origins. That is a bit of a um, black mark against him. Um, as I mentioned, Tom Tavoyevich, 115 break-even, to be honest. The, he's averaging more than his break-even of 115. So again, it looks like there's no better time, I think, to bring him in. I mean, the best time was way back when he was 590k, but let's not talk about that. Brush that under the carpet. Yeah, so I still think that Tom Tavoyevich is a good trade and target. Um, and to be honest, not much more, I think, to discuss. I mean, you've got Ruben Garrick, actually, sorry, with the 11 break-even at 728k. I think if you want to get him in, this is the best way to do it. You know, he's going to go up even more in price with that 156 in his rolling average for the next fortnight um, and, you know, really, really nice games coming up for the Sea Eagles. I think Garrick is looking like a, um, you know, a gun center wing to finish for the rest of the season. So I think he's definitely a good keeper to bring in. From the Storm, I think the main guys I mentioned is Jerome Hughes. We've already discussed him. Brandon Smith as well with a break even of 83. Look, Brandon Smith has been killing it so far um, towards the last like kind of four to six weeks. I don't know if I'd be buying that myself. 645k is a lot of money, but I think he's one of those guys. If you've got him, you'd be stoked with him in your team. Um, And so congrats to any owners. I wish I went there myself as well. But yeah, he's been doing amazing. I think the two main guys that everyone is waiting for are right down the bottom of that list there, Nico Hines and Ryan Pappenhausen, break-evens of 137 and 202 respectively. There is potentially some discussion about, you know, should you sell Nico Hines this week? Uh, For me, like, I mean, he was probably going to be a sell for me um, without the Nathan Cleary news because I did need to create some cash um, and I kind of wanted to capitalize on his price. Um, But I've been thinking about it a bit more. um, And I think with Hines, you know, like he's guaranteed to still play this round and there's no guarantee that Papenhausen will be, back, will be back for round 18. That's just what we've heard. Potentially, I don't know, he might, you know, there might be some lingering symptom and then it pushes out to round 19, round 20, for example. At that point in time, you might have traded out Heinz already, um, but then there's another week or two that he still gets really, really good points in your center wing. So for me, I think I'm still leaning towards I only want to sell Heinz when we know that Papenhausen is back in the team. But for me, like Heinz is my kind of ticket to day for feeder. Um, so I don't think that's actually going to be too bad with Fifita, hopefully going down a bit more in price. Nico Hines will probably go down a little bit more, but I still think I'll be able to make that trade work. So for me, Hines, is, for me personally, is still a hold, just given the Nathan Cleary stuff, and I'm probably going to sell him. I'll have a lot of money to play with, so I don't really have to trade out Nico Hines. Out of the Knights, I think there's not too many players of interest here. I mean, you've got um, Mitch Barnett. He's actually been named on an edge this week, which is really, really good to see. So definitely, I think if you still got him, you definitely hold him. And I think I'm actually comfortable in playing him this week as well. And Kaelin Pong is the main guy to look out for. I mean, a 610 break, even at, 100, uh, sorry, at 686K. Um, as I mentioned, the Knights draw towards the back end of the season is fantastic. I think they've got two games against the Broncos, so for a fullback like Ponga, that's exactly what you want to see. So definitely one to keep an eye on. I definitely do want to see him, though, You know, playing a little bit more out of his injuries as he's had a very, very injury-riddled season. Um, out of the Cowboys, yeah, Tamalolo, is someone I think people might be thinking about. He's so cheap now at 475k. Um, I just I'm not interested to be honest I mean Todd Payton is actually um, isolating for the next fortnight maybe the interim coach comes in and actually plays Tamalolo big minutes maybe Tamalolo does well um, but for me I just can't be going towards Tamalolo he hasn't done anything um, to encourage me so far this season and Val Holmes is the main guy I think 134 break even 647k I think hopefully he goes under that um, well under that as a non-owner and, and comes nice and cheap and we can pick him up in round 20. Next up, out of the Eels, not too many players. I think, again, I mean, Ryan Madison is someone a lot of people have been thinking about selling. Uh, 96 break, even at 510k, Uh, I, I can understand it. He's had some poor scores in the past fortnight, but I think he provides good depth at second row forward. And so I think unless you're trading him to, like, say, a Fafita, I don't know if I would be trading him to anyone else, to be honest. I think I probably would just stick him and maybe not play him. Um, because, you know, in the bigger games, he is maybe more likely to play 80 minutes, um, and then that's obviously what you want him for as a keeper. Clint Gutherson actually is very, very interesting at 86 um, break break-even at 730k. To be honest, if I need to get Tom Tervojevich this week, Gutherson's the one who's going to make way, um, which is a bit of a shame because Gutherson, you know, he's obviously got a tough game against the Panthers this week. He's done very, very well. Um, He won't play round 17, but round 18 is versing the Titans. So that is throwing a bit of a spanner in the works because... I'd expect uh, Tvojevic to not play in round 18, um, and Gutherson against the Titans could easily crack a ton. Um, so that is a bit, bit of a you know, thing I'm thinking about. If To be honest, I'd probably actually rather trade Hines compared to, say, a Gutherson, but just with Hines in my centre wing, I don't have the right duels to make it work to get in Tommy. So yeah, Gutherson might have to make way for me this week. It is hard because like he has done very, very well, but I think it's a necessary sacrifice for Tom Tvojevic. Um, Out of the Panthers, as I mentioned, Cleary is the hot topic of discussion. I mean, you've got Jerome Luai there. 398k is so cheap for him, uh, with their break even of 88. I think he could be a very, very interesting pickup. Cleary is out for an extended period of time. Luai will take more control of the team, and that might do really well for his scoring. Matt Burton, we haven't really spoken about him as a. I don't know if I would actually consider him as a trade in. because I don't, like, I think a lot of people would be looking to get, like, your Nick Arima, your Sean Johnson, you know, guys who cover round 17. Um, I have Matt Burton, and I'm very, very happy that I've still held him till this point in time. Because now that he's playing as the dominant 5'8", um, and I think Lua has been named at halfback, we might see some really good scores out of Matt Burton. So I think he's a very, very good hold and a good player in your 17 as well. Out of the Sharks, I think we've spoken about the main guys. I mean, Jesse Ramian is a great Round 17 playing center. I mean, I think he scored 50 points last week um, and didn't score a try. He's just got that really, really solid base and good tackle-breaking ability, which gives him a very, very nice floor and a very good draw coming up for the Sharks as well. And against the Broncos, could be fantastic. I mean, Ronaldo Mulatalo is also a guy that, you know, I don't know whether he will play game three. I mean, there's all, contra- like all that, you know, hubbub around him not being able to play in game two for Queensland. We'll see if he gets to play for them in game three. But if he did he wouldn't actually be available for round 17, but he could be an interesting point of difference as well um, as a really high upside try scoring winger um, with that good draw for the Sharks coming up. Um, Out of the Rabbitohs, I mean, Dang, Gagai's got a very, very nice break, even a minus 45, and it's still at a decent price of so 585k. Won't cover around 17, but the Rabbits draw beyond that is very, very nice. So I think Gagai is actually a very, very good point of difference center wing to go for as well. If you haven't, say, got on like an Alex Johnston, you could go for a Gagai instead, um, as he is a little bit cheaper than a Johnston. One final guy I will talk about out of the Raptors is Cam Murray. He's actually been doing so well instead of Origin. I'm actually so impressed by him. Um, and a 492k with a break even of 56, this could be the cheapest that we see him. Um, and I think he could be getting back towards that super coach gun status that he had, you know, towards periods of last season, um, towards the beginning of the season. He hasn't been doing that well, but he could be a very good, good like value option to pick up um, after round 17 um, to add some depth in your second row forward. Uh, out of the Roosters, I think we've already discussed the main guys like your um, like your Sam Walkers and your Tedescos, etc. So I don't really think there's too much to discuss. I mean, your yeah, Daniel tupo probably a very, very nice pickup next week in round 17. Given that he's got a really high break, you know, of 111 and coming up against the Storm. But round 17, coming up against the Bulldogs, he'll be nice and cheap. Fantastic trade and target for next week, in my opinion. Um, and apart from that, maybe Sam Verils could be a cheap hooker to play in round 17. Um, I think he's coming off the bench. I can't quite remember off the team list, my apologies. Um, but 247 k could be a very nice value or proposition there. Um, out of the Titans, to be honest, Fafida is the only one I'm interested in. 132 break-even, so um, hopefully I haven't decided if I will bring him in this week. But hopefully if I don't, he goes down in price and doesn't score that well. For me. Um, out of the Warriors, again, to a lot of players that we've spoken about already, I mean, Toe Harris, is a lock, in my opinion, in most round 17 playing teams and is a keeper for the rest of the season. Um, probably is the second or third best second row forward behind David Feeder along with Angus Crichton, in my opinion. Um, so I think if you haven't got Tohu already, he would be a definite priority in this five trade round. Uh, and apart from that, no one else really stands out, in my opinion. You've got Rimmer obviously. Um, Reese Walsh was the guy I brought in. He's now got a break-even of 98. So that, yeah, yep, that hasn't been a great trade-in for me. Um, and finally, out of the Tigers, I mean, the most appealing guy is probably like maybe a Dave Nofaluma. He's got a break even of 84 at 406K. He could be super, super cheap uh, for the run home for the rest of the season. I think the Tigers draw from around 20 or 21 um, is very, very nice. I think they've got a couple of games against the Bulldogs towards the back end of the season. Um, So I think Nofaluma could be definitely someone to keep an eye on as a very, very cheap, you know, former gun, a bit of a fallen gun actually for this season, Um, as someone you can plug into your center wing. I've still got Nofaluma in my team um, and I think I'll be holding him for that period of time Um, and that obviously goes for a lot of these other Tigers players like your Adam Dewey's, your Dan Laurie's, etc so we'll quickly touch on our group league you know we have andrew from eliminators i think he's a bit of a new entry but yeah look at that overall rank um he's sixth in the overall uh, comp for Supercoach, so he's doing amazing um and he's took 1829 in round um in round 15 sorry that should say not round 14 so yeah absolutely ridiculous round can i please steal some of those points andrew that'd be really really appreciated um because yeah i needed some of those badly last round um and uh, without a doubt, at sixth overall rank, he's also topping our overall group top five and followed by Perpetual Motion, James, Samuel, um, James, and Jason, who are all doing really, really well themselves, all in the top 350 overall. Um, but yeah, Andrew, uh, welcome to the group. I haven't seen your name before. Um, and yeah, coming in at sixth is ridiculous and oh, sorry, 1,829 last, uh, last round is fantastic. So hopefully you keep it up and can go for the first place position. If you guys want to join the group, the code is 286239. Well, guys, that is wrapping up the video. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. A lot of big topics to go through, obviously, in super trade rounds. So the video might be a little bit longer. But hopefully, you guys sit back and relax and enjoyed it. If you did, would really appreciate a thumbs up on the video. And do please consider subscribing to the channel as well if you haven't. I also put more videos out throughout the 2021 Supercoach season. But until then, good luck for round 16. And see you guys in the next video.